Welcome to the Upside Podcast, powered by Upside Global and hosted by Julian Blinn, founder and CEO of Upside Global. The Upside Podcast is listened to weekly by over 6,000 sports and tech executives from all sports leagues and teams in the United States and around the world. Julian has been developing technologies for professional sports teams for over 10 years and has worked for major tech companies along with sports tech startups. In each episode, Julian interviews global leaders in sports to share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations both on and off the playing field. And now here's your host, Julian Blinn. So today we have the honor to interview Ivan Magnussen, the co-founder and CTO of Valor Biomechanics, a leading movement assessment platform that helps practitioners assess injury risk and speed of rehabilitation. Uh, we also have the honor to have William Kodama, who is the CEO of the company. So guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us, Julian. Thank no you. Problem. Thank you. So hey, uh, what I want to discuss today, uh, well, first we'll talk about your background for you both, and then we'll go over your company, your products, and then we'll talk about the benefits, right, for teams to use it. And then we'll go over your business model, uh, as well as your plans for the next 12 months. How does it sound? Perfect. Great. So, hey, uh, could you guys start by telling us about your respective backgrounds? Yeah. So I'm the C I'm William, the CEO, co-founder at Valor. Yeah. Uh, I'm an electrical engineering uh, background, uh, graduated from the University of Virginia, mm -hmm. started this company in college with Evan, as well as our third co-founder, DA. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've always had a interest in sports technology. I grew up playing competitive sports and also doing a lot of research, science fair projects, um, love math, love science, computer science. And sort of when I went to college, I worked on a couple of things that ended up being Valor right after graduation mm -hmm. and started doing this full time since when, uh, 2021. Oh, was it 2021? That's when you guys funded the company? That's uh, so we founded the company technically in 2018 while we're still yeah. in college. We were freshmen um, or first years is what they call it at, you know, at the University of Virginia. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, we've graduated in 2021 and have been doing it full time since. Okay. Makes sense. And you guys are funded today? Or yes. I know you're going to do a raise, but okay. So we have $1.3 million in funding on convertible notes from private investors yeah. Um, as well as $275,000 from the National Science Foundation grant. Mm -hmm. And that was a phase one SBR award, which is a small business innovation uh, research grant. Okay, well, congrats on that. So Evan, do you want to tell us about your background as well? Yes, so I actually met Will in one of our electrical engineering classes. I studied computer engineering and yeah, he sort of sold me on the vision, been working mm -hmm. with him ever since. And then, as also at the University of Virginia, I was fortunate enough to be on the men's rowing team. Um, and it was definitely eye-opening coming from like high school sports, like seeing not only just the practice expectations, but also how data-driven they were. Definitely yeah. got my gears turning in terms of sports tech. And so and how do you get the idea of this particular product? What was the, the moment when you know what, we got to build this and this is why? Yeah, so we originally, like back in 2018, we were developing an exoskeleton that mm -hmm. would resist your motion in virtual reality. And that was yeah. like based off of like touch. Uh, we were exploring the gaming space, the rehabilitation space, and a couple of other uh, different markets. And then from like basically us being engineers and also then learning 
how to ask questions, how to do customer discovery, essentially, yeah. where we just go and ask people what are some of the problems they face in their day-to-day -day jobs or life. And sort of like from that, we landed on in physical therapy, hey, if you can just find a way to easily calculate range of motion, track all of this digitally, because at the time they were all doing handwritten notes or uh, using a goniometer, which is a glorified protractor to measure joint angles. They said that that would make my job much easier. So that's like where we started. And we had a background with like motion, with uh, sensor using sensors, IMUs to basically track and predict motion. And yeah, so we chose that one subset of things and started running with it. Uh, we gradually found this issue also exists within sports for athletic yeah. trainers, practitioners, um, physical therapists at uh, these pro teams and colleges. And that's where we are today, just expanding within that space and partnering with some of the best teams in the in the league. Yeah, and it's funny. So you basically pivoted from like game, gaming, right, into more like uh, sports performance, right? Um, so now, how would you describe your product? I mean, you talked about this, but how would you guys describe in a few words what your product does? basically. Yeah. So, I mean, the first goal of our products is to help athletes stay on the field. We really do that by helping practitioners streamline how they do their movement assessments yeah. with objective data. Um, so some of the, some of the actual users are athletic trainers, PTs, yeah. um, the performance and the, what the actual product looks like is an iOS application that pairs with a kit of sensors. You can use mm -hmm. this one just to get simple range of motion, such as like shoulder, hip, internal, and external rotation, or you go all the way up to 10 and start looking at like overhead squats, cutting, change of direction, that sort of thing. So ideas that they can get their baselines of the athletes and then track rehab if they do get injured yeah. and also help them determine return to play. So what, what's the main use case for the team? Is that mostly rehabilitation today or? The two main use cases is doing their preseason movement assessments yeah. and tracking rehabilitation and even adding a layer of biofeedback. We have like early biofeedback in the platform just because it displays an avatar of the athlete actually moving in yeah. real time. That's probably uh, sort of vestigial from us being in virtual reality. And we yeah. have clients actually show the athletes, um, we need you to not have greater than like a 15 degree valgus collapse. And then they actually see it live and train in real time. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Now, what, what would you, how would you describe the key benefits for athletes and teams, right? To use it in a few words, what would you say? Key benefits for teams and athletes. For one, like it's an educational tool that helps athletes understand how they're moving. It's a way for everyone to be on the same page. Objectively, how's an athlete moving? You know, yeah. it's like one thing for a coach to sort of tell you to do something. It's another to actually see it yourself. So we're looking to get the data right now in terms of how, like what percentage of injuries, um, like how it changes from an organization without Valor, this organization yeah. with Valor. Um, also beyond that would be speeding up rehabilitation. Okay, and, and <clears throat> do you have a plan? So can your product be used, uh, you know, in parallel to let's say using force plates or using other types of devices uh, so you can look at the data, just, you know, not just one set of data, but different sets of data, right? which might tell you more than just looking at the motion, for example. 100%. Yes, okay. we, we, we would 
we would recommend using multiple types. I know force plates are a little more established in the market. Um, they yeah. probably have like a 10 year head start just in terms of, you know, how easy it is to take an assessment. We see this as another layer on top of that. Okay. Now, also, you mentioned that your application is available on iOS. It's funny, we're looking to build our own app too, right? And the developer was like, well, do you want to do Android or iOS? So in the US, I think it's iOS is more prominent, I, I think. But is that the rationale there? Why did you guys go with iOS first? Yeah, that was the biggest, uh, one of the biggest re reasons why we chose iOS because developing for both iOS and Android will just slow yeah. down the development of our technology because uh, well, I mean, we have to prove it out and we have to prove it out as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And iOS, which is mainly used, like iPads are mainly used in the in the weight room by athletic trainers and strength and conditioning coaches, at least within the US. Yeah. Um, it was just a no brainer for us to sort of just focus on that, not worry about the Android development. Yeah. And I mean, just push as deep as possible as we can with uh, getting our product out there. But don't forget Samsung Android too. I used to work at Samsung, so that's why, you know, uh, they gain market share ever since, but you know, iOS is kind of, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's getting a lot of traction. So, uh, do you guys also have a, a dashboard for teams as well? That's something that, you know, we used to actually have, we just wanted to not spread our engineering resources too thin. Yeah. It is something that, to be honest, a lot of teams have been asking for. So it is something yeah. we are looking at right now. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, and maybe right now it's not a, you know, a must have because it's used by per athlete. Right. So, but if you have like 10 guys going through rehabilitation, which is unlikely, quite frankly, then that makes sense to have a dashboard. Right. Um, yeah. I think the key that like sort of what we're trying to focus on is the speed of taking the data and getting yeah. to the insights uh, because like force plays take 10 seconds. Um, that's like an example of like just something that's really useful. It's fast and you get the yeah. data quickly and insights quickly. Um, like these movements assessments used to take like 60 minutes uh, at times for some of the bigger assessments for yeah. each of these athletes for each athlete. Uh, I mean, we've broken that down up to, to 10 minutes. And that's including putting on uh, all of our sensors. Okay. So, and to that yeah. to that point, so what are the the things that the team like the most? What do they tell you when they use your product? Is it the speed to use it? And what is it that they like the most that you hear? For one, it just sort of works as a good user experience. Yeah. So a lot of technologies out there, like we've had certain clients switch from one to ours, and they're just blown away by the user experience. That, that's probably just because we're sort of like uh, technology native given like we're young and that's kind of yeah. this is for us. Um, two is like the accuracy. So we are right now comparing ourselves to a gold standard like Vicon at the University of Texas mm -hmm. doing an IRB study. And yeah. it is within an acceptable range for like all sorts of planes of planes of motion. So like, especially the transverse plane, like the internal and external rotation of the hip and shoulder, like I was talking about, a lot of technology has trouble picking that up if it's just uh you know camera based yeah it's not, say, it's not to say we're opposed to ever doing cameras we actually are looking at hy a hybrid between the two because there yeah. are pros and cons yeah i was going to mention because you know you guys were at the mlb meetings right at the tech expo and there was a lot of biomechanic solution using camera based solution um and actually one of the other question was some of the feedback were about the solutions right what about the validity studies, right? About those solutions. 
uh, how important are your studies for you guys? Do you have, have you guys done studies? Are you, uh, do you plan to do some studies to validate you know, what you're doing? Yeah, early on when we were in college back in Virginia, we actually did um, an early IRB study surrounding um, valgus collapse, yeah. as well as uh, ACL injury risk with female athletes. That was with Mary Baldwin University, very early yeah. study. Right now we're completing a study with the University of Texas around validity, like you're talking about, just is it accurate compared to Vicon? Yeah. And right now in the pipeline, what I can mention is we are working with ASU to have another study. This one more focused on biofeedback and using yeah. our system in relation to sports plates as well. Now, when you say biofeedback, because to me, biofeedback, I feel like, you know, using sensors, right? To measure, uh, you know, whatever, HRV, whatever it is. Uh, so is that what you're referring to? It's really looking at sort of what is acceptable or not acceptable as far as an athlete jumping on force plates, like if they yeah. need intervention, then using our system, 3D, visualiz 3D visualization and tracking to then see like, can we like improve their force plate scores in more acceptable range? It is still in the process of being worked out. Okay. Now, uh, I mean, obviously you were at the uh, MME meetings, uh, you were at the, I uh, think at the MLS symposium as well. So is there any particular sport that you guys are focusing on? Like obviously baseball, soccer, any other sports where you see the like better traction? Uh, can you talk about that as well? Maybe any, any team you can mention publicly uh, if you can. Yeah, I can mention right now, some of our top partners are ASU, as I mentioned, and that's yeah. sort of across all sports. It began with just volleyball and sort of expanded to now hockey, lacrosse, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and then Nashville Soccer Club. And then we actually have pilots going on right now with the U.S. men's national soccer team, as well as Baylor University. Mm -hmm. Really, this is a tool, like I can't stress enough, like you mentioned, for the athletes, for the trainers, PTs, and even strength and conditioning coaches. So yeah. it really is sport agnostic. I think a lot of the more mobile sports, you know, uh, ones that want to look at running and cutting, so probably more like soccer or football. Mm -hmm they have a, a keen interest just given that it isn't camera based it, it doesn't have to be stationary you can actually move with the sensors on yeah which were my next question right which was and you cannot touch on that right what about your competitive advantages maybe compared to some other like camera based biometric solutions but what would you say as far as your competitive advantages yeah so i mean the first is that we can capture any movement um and that's beyond just physical therapy range of motion and functional movements uh, we also do running, we do golfing, we do rowing, we do like on the ice uh, stuff with some of the NHL teams that we can't name. Mm -hmm. um, and so like that pro uh, product agility is what allows us to test many different use cases to figure out what is actually the problem that these practitioners face on a yeah. daily basis and how to solve them. Um, in comparison to like technologies like cameras, uh, I mentioned earlier that the speed of taking data to the get of, of taking data and getting to the insights is probably the most critical portion of it. Mm. Um, like there are like differences, like pros and cons between sensor data and camera data, for example, uh, one of them being like camera data, data, you don't need to put any sensors on, but you're stationary and you're processing video data, which takes up more processing time and more storage versus like wearables, you can do all of this um, you can have accurate data live yeah. that you can move with. And also uh, it, it measures like 
the transverse plane much better than cameras do, which are just one single plane. And also it counts like for occlusion where your body parts block other body parts. Uh, there's like multiple, like like Evan said, like we're working on a way to fuse the two data streams together. Um, but yeah, that's also like another competitive advantage of ours. Um, engaging, re engaging the users and the athletic trainers, but also the athlete into buying into why should you put on these sensors? Well, if you put on these sensors, like we can prevent a career ending injury. Uh, we can help you understand what a biomechanical bio analysis looks like and how does that look like to you? And then also provide a live avatar to uh, for visual feedback and you can view it in any dimension. So that sort of learning engagement and knowledge, I think is really powerful and particularly within our platform. And, and you know, for example, we so we had our conference right at the Met Stadium, uh, even you were there. But one of the things that the, the, that the feedback that got back from the panel was the importance of onboarding when you have a new customer team, how much of, uh, I guess, uh, support, right? How much do you guys do as far as the onboarding? Is that super important in the journey of your, of your customers or? 100%. I mean, you, and you know, Michael Macri, he's up at Baylor University yeah. right now working with Eric Rash. So um, we're, we're not afraid to get on site and make sure things go well. Um, we're actually doing sort of um, an in-service tour throughout the Southern United States over the course of January, February. That's kind of on the heels of the MLS and MLB conferences. Yeah. People saying they like us to be at spring training or preseason training. Um, and a lot of teams train, train in sort of Florida or Arizona. So yeah. that's kind of that's kind of what we're doing right now. Because like all technology, it's important still to have the, you know, the human interaction actually see how to use it in person and have someone there to, you know, mostly hold your hand, but just make sure you're good to go so that when it is the fourth quarter, athletes are coming in, you, you know, you got, got to meet deadlines as far as like how much time you have allotted to something, you know, is it going to work or is it just going to sit on the shelf? Like we recognize. Uh, that. And I think to your point about your product, it was meant to be using the, before the season starts. Right. So that's when you have to get in, go in and, and have them use it. Right. Uh, so that's the right time to do it now. Uh, now, uh, William, you, you touched on maybe the the importance of delivering insights, right? I mean, you've got the raw data, but really, like I remember what a few years ago, uh, there was this company called Ohm Signal. I don't know if you guys remember. It was a smart T-shirt uh, with sensors, and I tried it. I was an early, you know, I had an early prototype. I got on the treadmill, and then uh, the, the app told me, "Look, you're you're burning too much calories." And I thought that's the kind of insight that's interesting because I've you can use this your heart rate or the number of calories, but how much of a, how far do you guys want to go as far as providing insights? Because you got to find the right balance between, yeah, providing insight, but there's the liability aspect, right? Because what if you're wrong in your diagnostic or your insights, right? Yeah. So I think algorithms are where like this business sort of like is, is the main bread and butter. And the most important piece of this entire puzzle is how are we getting to these insights? So we provide three levels of transparent data. Um, that's one reason why um, people choose us and switch to us versus other uh, competitors is because we provide raw data CSV outputs if they want to input it within their own system. 
uh, and run their analysis of just the raw data. Um, we provide the graphical view with the actual movement of the virtual avatar. And then in addition, you can also take video within the platform while you're capturing data with the sensors. So you can build that trust that, oh, what I'm seeing on the avatar is what I'm seeing on, um, on the camera. And that is like, if you need to dive deep into the data, we provide mm -hmm. that. And that's like, if you have any questions on it, uh, you can always dive deep back into the raw data. Like for the power, can you give an example of, do you guys provide some sort of insights? The system would say, hey, look, we we are, we saw kind of a imbalance or as you know, something yes. is not like the asymmetries. Do so you guys into that? Yes. So that, so what I said before is like the foundation to that, to build that trust. Otherwise, if you just give that insight, yeah. um, there might not be trust. So right. on the, on top of that, we have two other views. So one is that view of recommendation. We break up your movements that are like from an exercise list of different ranges of motion, different functional movement exercises. We have an entire exercise list that we built out. It has thresholds that are from AMA or the user themselves or the organization themselves can set uh, their own thresholds. And then that provides just simple checklists of uh, like a red, yellow, green of how is it, is it flagged? How are you improving on the same exercise if you have a previous uh, exercise that you've done at a different date? And then we also show the progress views uh, of those uh, exercises across time. And we then take it a step further and also highlight the top three things that we've highlighted within your assessment, within each movement, and also provide like the correctives uh, suggestions is uh, what we have currently in our platform. So it's not necessarily like we're telling the athletic trainer that these are the correctives that you should do. It's just mm -hmm. a suggestion. It's just a way to get the insights and actionable insights faster so that the practitioner were the practitioner can make a data-driven and a data-informed decision. Okay, that makes sense. Now, last two questions. So one is, you know, what is your business model, pricing model, right? Any team listening, uh, where do you go and buy it? What's the price range? Uh, what's the model? Right, so our platform, and I mean, really everything is packed together as a service. So it's not super pricey to get started. It's actually only, 350 a month or 3,500 a year per mm -hmm. 10 cents or kit. However, like I sort of mentioned, like with colleges and stuff, you might want multiple sensor kits at all times. Right. And you might want even more just during the preseason assessments, mid-season or post-season assessments. So everything kind of works off of that starting 350 per month per sensor kit and goes up from there. Um, you know, if you want us there to actually do the assessments with you, that, that can also be thrown into the package. Other than that, we do also have an API. But beyond that, it's pretty straightforward and transparent pricing. Now, do you see teams going more for like the monthly plan, like 350, or do they go for the annual plan typically? Generally, they go for the annual and then facilities go for the monthly. Because we do work with high performance facilities as well. Okay. Interesting. Um, now, can you tell you guys tell me about you know what what are your future plans? And I know you're looking to raise some money, for example. Uh, are you looking to maybe expand like internationally, maybe Europe? Are you looking to, uh, uh, you have a roadmap, I'm sure, to release some new products? You mentioned, I think, the dashboard, right? And like, what, what are your plans for the next 12 months? Yeah, so our overall like 
master plan or strategy is that we want to enter first at the high end of the market where customers are going to pay a premium for these uh for, uh, for like our services our technology our platform they also have like the most knowledge the most experience and uh the brand and logos that can go down and give us that credibility and validation to then go downstream as fast as possible so our focus right now is that we are going to continue expanding within teams clinics and high performance facilities mm-hmm. um repeating like our current success with conferences, word of mouth and referrals. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, spend time developing opportunities in physical therapy as we believe that that is that individualized care is the major opportunity over the long run as we scale. Uh, we have the support from great investors, uh, some of whom were mentors from us while we we're in college at UVA as well as like the government uh, support through an NSF grant. Like there's multiple phases to the NSF award. Uh, we're just in phase one. Phase two would be like, a, a, it's a million dollar grant with matching funds up to like 1.9 million. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I mean, from, from our perspective, like we've helped a professional MLS player rehab faster from his ACL injury. That will probably be published sometime mm-hmm. early this year. Yeah. Um, we're trusted by some of the best sports teams in the industry and practitioners in the world. And our future is really to streamline and bring all that knowledge and process mm-hmm. into the hands of like your friends and your family. And so that it will enable everyone to rehab like an athlete. And that is like sort of like our vision. That's great. And that makes sense. I mean, I remember working with a GPS company you know, they were not even looking to go after the elite sports, right? The, the top leagues, but uh, the, the insight was 96% of the market in the US, right? 96% is like, you know, colleges, right? Uh, private clinic, coaches. Uh, that's the biggest market, right? Uh, it's almost untapped today. So I think it's, it makes sense for you guys. It's kind of, kind of start the elite, or elite sports level, but then, you know, bring it down to the masses. So that, that makes sense. So, hey, guys, we are at the end of the podcast, but I want to thank you for your time today. Great insights and good luck with everything. Thank, thank you. Thank you for listening. To access past episodes and other research, articles, and analysis of sports technology, please visit our website, theupside.us. Subscribe to the Upside newsletter and receive full access to our sports tech business letter and website. Royalty-free music is provided by ibaudio.com. The Upside Podcast provides timely insights and interviews with global leaders in sports technology. Until next time, keep looking to the upside. Julian. Thank you.